All right. It's always a pleasure to be here. I've personally, I've missed, I really, really missed you guys. It's always a pleasure to be here. On that note, welcome to Tetra Soulcast. It's always a pleasure to be here once again. Balumi, how are you feeling this morning? I'm very, very fine. Thanks. It's very, very nice to do this again. Well, I certainly have missed this. Let's get back to, let's get down to business as quickly as we can, actually. Last night, it was, it was, it was a roller coaster of emotions everywhere, actually. But in fact, as a matter of fact, this whole midweek thing is, 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 is always the way it is. It's always a bunch of, a lot of excitement in the air, actually. On that note, yeah, I forgot to mention month to everybody. It's the final month of the year. 2021 is slowly and steadily going, coming to an end. On that note, let me tell you that in March week 14, I was played in the last, last game week, March week 14, in the English Premier League was played between Tuesdays and within Tuesday and Thursday. Let me give you what happened within that time frame. Newcastle against Norwich City. This game looked like it was heading, it was supposed to be Newcastle's first victory of the season. Rather, sorry, Newcastle's first victory under new ownership. And then all of a sudden, they got a perfect, they got a, an initial red card from Kieran Clark, through Kieran Clark in the opening minute, in the, within the opening 10 minutes. They tried their best to struggle. Kalamushin got the penalty, he scored it. And then it looks like they were actually going to make it through. And all of a sudden, Timu Puki, Timu Puki, it looks like that young man is beginning to actually slowly maybe rejuvenate himself. Newcastle 1-1 against Norwich City ended at St. James Park, which means Newcastle are yet to get a win on that new ownership. That Crystal Palace against Leeds. Do, do, you know, I have to say something. You know, Norwich is a team that I've always written of, like, when they were under, um, what do you call this? Daniel Farker. Um, Daniel Farker. Can you imagine I started the Norwich City defender in my FPL team for the first time this That's season? Actually, this meet has actually proved to be not... He has done some very, very impressive things. I mean, three matches in and, he, and he's still yet to lose. A win against a win and two draws, if I'm not mistaken, should be his numbers. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice, it's nice, and he gave me three points, two points for playing full time, and then one bonus point. That's Brandon Williams. Not bad, not bad. But the sheet is still an issue, so I still don't advise no City defenders at the moment. And, uh, no, he actually Brandon Williams gave me seven points last game week, but it was last on the half. bench. Oh, sorry. Well, anyways, let's talk about other games. We needed an injury time penalty to separate Leeds and Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, it looks like Patrick Vieira, Patrick Vieira's magic, magical dust might just be fading away a little. I mean, Leeds, Leeds won that game by one goal to nothing. Thanks to Rafinha scoring the last in an, an injury time penalty in that game. Nothing for Sam Gallagher, nothing for Christian Benteke to take home from Conor that one. Gallagher. At Road. Conor Gallagher, follow me. Nothing for them to take home from that one at Elland Road. Wolverhampton Wanderers against Burnley was a goalless draw. West Ham against Brighton and Overblown played out a 1-1 scoreline. Southampton against Leicester City, one game I actually enjoyed. I, I, I actually can confess I enjoyed. James Madison looks to be rejuvenating himself. He has scored in the last two games now, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, it's, it's, quite, it's quite fascinating to see from those young men. 2-2 ended at the St. Mary's Park, Southampton against Leicester City. Then this one I really, really want to talk about. Watford against Chelsea. This match was it was it was high tension from start to fi- to finish. I think you'd agree with me on that one, Yeah, it was. It was. I was just I was just seeing the highlights. That was like some minutes back, actually, less than an hour. Just seeing the highlights. I mean, to be very honest, it looks like Emmanuel Dennis is found in the flesh for a lot of teams, and I mean, 
a lot of teams. Any team he goes against right now, you just know you have something spectacular coming towards you. Although, yes, they could not get anything from that one. They lost that game at home. One goal to two against Chelsea, thanks to goals from Mason Mount and Akim Ziyech. But Imanuel Dennis still got himself on the score sheet, and that is actually quite impressive. He's a player... Imanuel Dennis is a player that seems to be coming into form. He's been doing Mm. well. And then, I have to say, this season... I, mm. I'm really like confused as to who to pick between Dennis or King, as per their, at the moment, their um their consistent. At the moment, at, at the moment, I would I would I would appeal to your sense of to your sense of Nigeria and say yes, Imano Dennis is the way to go. I mean, that young man already has six goals and five assists already this season, which is quite that's, impressive. That's, Okay. Meanwhile, this my Yasa that we're all hoping and hoping and hoping and buy and buy. <laughs> <laughs> I've told Ismail Asa and I have Imano Dennis. Now you know the painful part is I put Ismail, I put Imano Dennis on the bench because I was thinking, okay, he's facing Chelsea. Chelsea likes to keep clean sheets. He's not going Aww. to score. And now he has nine points. I have, I have nine points on the bench. Don't worry, it's a, it's to get better. It's just it's just the way FPO works, my friend. All right, away from that one, I can tell you that. Steven Gerrard also did some, he has been doing impressive things for, for Aston Villa, but it was not impressive. It was impressive, but not enough to 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 dent. The only, the only dent he could make on Manchester City was not having them keep a clean sheet. And to be very, very honest, actually, it's just the way City was. It was, it was, it was easy to tell. City's goals, City's goals in this game was, they were, they were spectacular goals. They were not random goals. They were, they were high-class goals. They strike from outside the area from, from Bernardo Silva, I mean, it was it was top notch. It was top class. Aston Villa won, Manchester City two. The consolation goal, the consolation goal in the second half from Oli Watkins, but that was still enough. The City still walked away with all three points from Villa Park. Then also in the next game, Everton lost woefully against Liverpool. One goal to four. The Merseyside derby. Mosala scored two goals. Diego Jota got a goal for himself, as well as the Liverpool skipper Jordan Henderson. Four goals to one in favor of Liverpool at the Goodison Park. Then last night, Thursday, Tottenham Hotspur against Brentford. Antonio Conte got a win for himself, three points. Son Hillman got on the score sheet. Still nothing for Harry Kane. I have to mention it was an own goal from Sergi Canos and the second goal from Son Hillman that gave Tottenham Hotspur the win against Brentford. Then finally, in a game I'm sure Polimi was quite happy about last night. In a game I'm quite sure Polimi was happy about last night is the fact that Manchester United Arsenal played out a 3-2 scoreline. Arsenal took the lead through Emil, through Emil Smith-Rowe in the beginning and then they turned it around. Bruno Fernandes got an equaliser. Cristiano Ronaldo got the game got the game in the second half. Again. He took the game by the neck. He scored 2-1. A few minutes later, it was Martin Odegaard's equaliser. But finally, Martin Odegaard slipped up, caused the penalty by fouling Fred in the area. And then Cristiano Ronaldo converted, of course, from the 12 yard mark. But let me, how do you feel about that game? I'm very, very happy. Um, okay, I'll be honest. United went like spectacular. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not like United were spectacular. I feel like Arsenal, Arsenal were the architects of their own downfall. After taking the lead, Arsenal mm-hmm. seemed to. And then. They seem to just go back into their shell and allowed United come at them, come at them, come at them. And then it was United coming at them, the constant pressure that made Bruno mm. score. That was what broke them. I feel like okay. if they had scored and then kept coming at United, they, they could have 
taking away all three points or even a draw. They probably could have taken all three. I mean, yeah. as mentioned it as well, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang maybe just needs to sit out of games because that young man, that man has been very, 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 very unimpressive this season. Aubameyang is finished. Aubameyang is finished. Arsenal, Arsenal need to get a centre forward as fast. Like, if they can get a centre forward in January, a good centre forward, they need it. Because at least he kept on missing some very, very, very basic chances yesterday. He got to some point, I was like, shit, even some chances where, where you don't need finesse, but you need power. He kept on using finesse. And it was, and you do that to David De Gea 10 times in a day, he will forever tell you, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I mean... I don't know. Last night, last night was not just. It was not just. It was not. He has not been there even before last night against Newcastle. He did something similar where a lot of people. I I personally saw that one as well. Smith Rowe already. He took the first shot. The goalkeeper still did. The goalkeeper was nowhere near you, and all you had to do was just tap it into an empty net, an unguarded net, and you still hit it against the post. I saw it's, that. It's, it's beginning that. to get worrying for Aubameyang. I'm beginning to get worried for Aubameyang. Honestly, if Arsenal are going to achieve their targets this season, which I think their target is getting into the top four. To the top start converting a lot more chances. They need to start converting a lot more chances. They need to get his centre forward. They need to get a good centre forward in January. Else, they are going to be stuck with Aubameyang and Lacazette all season long. And actually, then, oh God, Lacazette... We differ with you to fight with you, actually. I will differ with you now. Aubameyang has been unimpressive so far. But before Aubameyang got into the group, Lacazette was doing quite he was not he was not exactly top notch exactly but i can say he was better than whatever whatever obama is offering them right now like as it has has done better than obama this is but yet because that seems to be with obama every single game yes like i said like i said like yeah offered something something more offered something different but no if you are a team like us now a big team mm. like us now you do not you need strikers who would give you 20 25 goals plus a season. Arsenal, mm. um, Aubameyang and Lacazette together may get you just 25 goals a season. I'm talking of one striker. Lacazette mm. is Lacazette is up and down. The funny thing is, Lacazette playing as a number 10 now, he's been more impressive, Seth, lately mm. as a 10 than as a nine. So it tells you all you need to know. Arsenal need a center forward and Martinelli. I don't know. Martinelli hasn't found purpose. He doesn't know whether he wants to be a winger or he wants to be a centre forward. Exactly. He looks. He just plays wherever the instruction tells him to. And that young man was actually quite impressive last night. I have to confess, actually. Him, yeah, he Smith, I feel like I feel like even Michael Isaac made some mistakes in substitutions. I mean, why take off Smith through when you were when you were trying to get into a groove when you're trying to get into the game? He brought in Eddie in Ketia, for God's sake. I don't know. I don't know if it was desperation or just the wrong substitution. But away from that one, let me. In Ketia. In Ketia, I don't. When I saw the funny thing is, when I saw in Ketia lacing his boots, I honestly mm. thought that was Lokonga. So I was like, why are you bringing in Lokonga for Aubameyang? Until later in the game, I saw it was in Ketia, and I'm like, in Ketia, in Ketia, yeah, it's almost like taking off Aubameyang and bringing in Aubameyang Pro Max. <laughs> That's the truth. Uh, That's why this is why I'm telling you Arsenal need a center forward because now look at the options yeah, that the, look at the, there's no option and then I'm hearing that Inketia is is changing yes on signing new contract. I don't blame the young man actually. He's still young. He wants to make a statement for himself. So make a statement for himself. He's not he's not taking the chances he's getting. He's not that taking one. the chances. Maybe maybe he can take the time Abraham route. Maybe going to the chance. 
a few seasons. Show Mikel Arteta isn't to actually. I thought he champion at some points. You said. I thought I thought Inketia went to the championship at some point and really did well for himself to have one club like that now. Mm. Well, maybe put a pin on that one. In the moment, I can tell you that Chelsea are still top of the table with 33 points. Manchester City are chasing very, very, very swiftly and quickly. 32 points sitting second. Liverpool third place with 31 points. West Ham United are fourth with 24 points. Arsenal are fifth to 23. Tottenham Hotspur are sixth with 22 and Wolverhampton Wanderers 7 and 8 respectively with 21 points then on the bottom of the table I can on the, on the other side of the table I can tell you that there has been some changes like Newcastle are now officially the bottom team with 7 points which is Burnley 18th with 10 points now which is in 19th also with 10 points although Watford with all their good form and everything they've not been able to rate the very best out of it they are just hovering above that relegation zone with at 17th place with 13 points. Southampton wow. are somewhere there. Leeds are somewhere there as well. But Southampton are 16th. Leeds are 15th as well. So most of these teams have not been quite impressive you so far. What, you, know what, you know what impresses me the most about the bottom the bottom of the table is Norwich mm-hmm. being on 10 points. We know how Norwich started the season. I think the first exactly. five games. First five to seven games, they had no points. Exactly. Oh, so that's that's that. They, they, that's impressive. Exactly. So Thumbs up to this. Not be getting relegated after all. I guess that's to call, but I guess we'll see how it goes. I, On the goal scorers list. All right, follow me. I feel Newcastle may actually get relegated with yeah, all their big. I'm big. Except they turn it around in January, maybe get spend a few bucks in January and maybe do. Well, on the goal scorers list, I can tell you that Mohamed Salah is top with 13 points. Jamie Vardy is second with nine, with nine, sorry, with 13 goals. Jamie Vardy is second with nine goals. Diogo Jota is third with eight goals. And the assistant as well, guess who is on top again? Mohamed Salah, you guessed right. Mohamed Salah with, on top with eight goals. With Alexander Arnold and Paul Pogba are tied for second with seven assists. Gabriel Please Jesus with Pogba. Please don't mention Pogba. You mentioning Pogba make you feel like Pogba has had a good season. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, comrade. Well, on the clean sheets race, it's, it's a three-headed, it's a three, it's a three-foot race on top of it. And Edward Mendy, Alison Becker, and Ederson Norais all have seven clean sheets to their name. And then Aaron Ramsdale is seriously chasing behind those guys with seven, seven, seven clean sheets to Mendy, Alison, and Ederson. Then six clean sheets to Aaron Ramsdale. Arsenal have been very, very. They've tried to be tight at the back, but they're still trying to keep it cool at the same time. But on that note, we are coming to the end of the first section. When we come back, we'll be telling you what's to come in the coming Premier League game weekend. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Refuel your drinks and we'll be back, in, and we'll be back shortly. Good. I, guess I don't even know where I'm going. So... Welcome back. This is Team Teacher Soulcast. My name is Adam. Balumi is with me, and we are doing justice to everything Premier League football at the moment. Come back. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. 
let's quickly run through the fixtures that are coming. On we are starting from Saturday and we are going until Monday night. On Saturday afternoon, we are starting with West Ham hosting Chelsea at the London Stadium. A London derby is always a five-team one, but we'll get back to that in a minute. Well, Hampton Wanderers against Liverpool. Southampton against Brighton and Overbion and Newcastle against Burnley. Those three fixtures make up our goal rush at 4 p.m. on Saturday. And finally on Saturday, Watford against Manchester City. Then we go to Sunday. At 3 p.m. on Sunday, we have United taking on Crystal Palace. Ralph Ragnick will be taking in charge, will be taking charge of his first game as Manchester United manager on that on that on, on Sunday afternoon. Spurs against Norwich, Tottenham Spurs against Norwich City. Leeds against Brentford also is at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Then we go into 5.30 kickoff, 5.30 p.m. kickoff on Sunday, which is Aston Villa against Leicester City. Then we'll be wrapping up on Monday night, and it's going to be Everton against Arsenal. But let me, let's go back to the beginning. West Ham against Chelsea, a London derby. How do you see this one panning out? I think um, Chelsea will win. It's just that it won't, it won't be easy. I don't see West Ham doing what they did to Liverpool against Chelsea. Because mm. um, the honest truth is, Chelsea are a more careful team than Liverpool. That's in Definitely. terms of their, their shape. So, so I think it will be a Chelsea win. But I, I think maybe like a 2-1, a win where Chelsea will concede. But then they'll still take the day. Mm. Well, at the end of the day, we hope to see how that one goes down. Overhampton Wanderers against Liverpool. Well, I, mean, I think we can all say Liverpool on fire right now. So maybe, just maybe it will happen again. Liverpool taking the win. What do you say? Yeah, Liverpool taking the win. But um, Wolves would therefore score. Wolves would score. Well, the icing, on the, the icing on the cake for me would be the Ujota scoring against his old side. Oh, wow. That's true. <laughs> that would actually be nice. And Jota is actually having like a very good season. Exactly. It goes third, third on the goal scorers. Our scoring is his teammate Sadio Mane into that position already. That's so nice. who knows? Southampton against Brighton, Newcastle against Burnley. I don't want us to. Well, let's go into 6 30 p.m. kickoffs. Manchester City against Watford. Watford under Claudio Ranieri have not been so bad, but we see Manchester City going in for that top position. They really, really are just waiting for somebody to slip up, which is Chelsea, so they can actually step into it. So do you see maybe Man City running away with it? Man City have run away with it already, except the call of the game. Okay, okay. But well, speaking of which, actually, do you think maybe we are not just putting our eyes so much on Bernardo Silva this season? Yes, Bernardo Silva, that guy, you know, considering, you know, I'm sure you heard of all the transfer rumors that was in the summer exactly. about Bernardo wanting to leave, not feeling appreciated. Yeah, I I was in track with all that. Yeah, so you said I said I feel like it's just oh well actually in this term, in terms of statistics, I can tell you that Bernardo Silva is Manchester City's highest goal scorer in the Premier League this season with five goals to his name. That young man has done very, very, very good for himself this season. I have to confess. It's it's been it's been one heck of a season for him. So who knows? Maybe he just can't keep it up. Maybe he might be the difference maker between Watford and Manchester City. I expect to see Gabriel Jesus starting as well. He might I expect to see the second legs. I think, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne is back in training. Jack Grealish is back in training. Phil Foden is back in training. So maybe those young, maybe those guys can actually use this match as a run-up to their their Champions League final game against um Club Brugge. If I'm, sorry, against RB Leipzig in in the Champions League during the midweek. We'll get to the Champions League in a minute. Then let's come to 
Kwalumi, your own team. Ralph Ragnick will be taking in charge, will be taking charge of his very first game as Manchester United manager. Also, in the news this morning, I can tell you that Michael Carrick, Manchester United set up. It looks like the young man sees that he can do something for himself outside Manchester United, so he wants to make a name for him. See, Ralph Ragnick bring, bringing in his own now panning out in this game against Crystal Palace. Follow me. Ah, uh, sugar. Around at the moment, but in my own opinion, I think Michael Carey. Congratulations to him. He guided the team throughout a very, very tough break, a very, very tough position. Three games. Go through and win against Villarreal, draw against Chelsea, and win against Arsenal last night. It was quite impressive, actually. Our fragment coming into the setup, we know the kind of. We you know we. I think most of us already have an idea of what he's capable of doing. So it will be quite interesting actually to see how it goes down. On the Patrick Vieira looks to maybe want to quite a little and it's anyways anyway it goes. But I think United just might actually for the for the sake of new manager. Sorry about that. Back to what I was saying earlier. I said for the sake of new spirit and all that, maybe United just might. But now that I have Kalumi back, Kalumi. Afragnik will be taking charge of his first game as Manchester United manager. Do you think Manchester United can still pull it off against Crystal Palace? Of course. Of course. That game, United have won the game already. Like, we're going okay. to suffocate Crystal Palace at, the, mm. uh, at um, Salos Park. Going to nice. It's all traveled, actually. It's all traveled. Okay, so Trafford. Meanwhile, as for the Carrick news, thank you for everything. Mm. Thank you for all. We have three games. At least we are true to the round of 16. And mm. at least we haven't lost in the Premier League for two games now. Mm. But I, it, it was down to loyalty to Soldier more than actually wanting to foray, have a foreign into coaching. It, it, was, it just boiled down to, okay... Okay, let me leave with Soja. I, I, the thing is, he wanted to leave when Soja left, but it's just that United spoke with him about, okay, be there as caretaker manager till we get an interim boss and stuff and stuff. So that was why he stayed back. But thank you for everything. Carrick was great as a player and uh, mm. as a manager. He was he not so bad. Better than Oligona Soja. Wow. <laughs> Well, anyways, I think I think Carrick's leaving is because maybe he looked at them and was like, okay, for three games, he did not lose any game. So he looked at it and was like, if he wants to make a name for himself outside, that's why. Personally, I just think that's why he actually left his setup and everything. But I guess that's for that's for later to find out. Anyways, sports against Norwich City. Norwich City looking to rejuvenate themselves under Dean Smith. Antonio Conte still looks, he said in his premium, his post-match press one of these days, he said, he said, Tottenham have a problem more than what he thought they initially had. Do you think that might actually play a part in his problems actually this season? Um, I I don't honestly under Conte, even under Conte, Tottenham have still looked up and down, up and down. They've not looked like they've actually helped. In fact, so, let me put this question. Let me put the sorry to interrupt you. Let me put this question to you directly. What do you think is wrong with Hurricane this season? Hurricane wants to leave. That's just it. Hurricane wants to. Hurricane cannot, cannot. We cannot say Hurricane has totally lost his touch. Go and see what Hurricane does for England now. 
fine, we can say the quality of the opponents have been at bad and terrible at this and that. But then, still, still on still, Hurricane, even against the lesser lights in the Premier League, is not bringing anything to the table. I mean, they faced, they faced the, I mean, no offense, with all due respect to some teams in the Premier League, they faced some of the worst. And he's yet, he only has one goal. From and, he, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, he has appeared in almost every single game they have played this season. It's they disturbing. They don't seem to bench him now, of course. Exactly. So, I don't know. Let's get disturbed. But let me take you to something I'll call a cracker. Sorry about that. Let me take you to something I'll call a cracker. Leeds United, where do you see some going? <laughs> some other matches, like, I don't even know because I don't know. Brentford have shown that while they can be very good, they can also be very bad. Leeds, Leeds seem like they actually are coming into form finally. And typically ah. Leeds win, actually. A Leeds win. Yes. Let me see the Leeds win. Me, I'm still sitting on defense. I think at the end of the day. Well, away from that one, 5:30 p.m. on Sunday at the Villa Park, it's going to be something quite interesting to see. Aston against Leicester City. Well, where, are we, where are we going? Ah, Aston Villa against Leicester City. Ah, Jesus, man, hey, it's like one of those those fixtures that can be like a banana skin. Mm. I feel I don't know. I, I don't know, honestly. I mean, you, look I don't know. you look at it from a Leicester point of view, and you'll be like, okay, these guys have not really been in that top gear this season. They are 10th on the table. But then you look at Aston Villa in their last few fixtures. In fact, since the new manager took over, they have been they have been quite interesting to watch. I mean, from the match against... um Their first match, I think, against Brighton. Even from that one, the point is, they've done quite well for themselves. If not for the Aston, if not for Manchester City, which will, most people actually didn't bother to actually put their hopes on Aston on, on Aston Villa in that game against Man City well, it is Manchester City. When you look at it from that angle, actually, they've not been so bad since Steven Gerrard took over. And this is a Leicester City side, so they are trying to like rejuvenate themselves. So it's more or less a team, it's more or less the both teams being on the I same think, platter, the same level. I think that match, mm. that match will be a high-scoring match. That match will definitely be a high-scoring match. Leicester have consistently... Among the goals, hopefully, because for my for my FPL sake, Vadi yeah. has to be among. Yes, Vadi has to Vadi and Madison because I have Madison also. <laughs> I don't, I don't really care, but I think it'll be a high scoring game, sure. Okay, a high scoring game. So you don't know, you can't tell if it's a win or a draw. Probably. Nah, nah, no. Well, let's talk about Monday night fixtures then. Everton against Arsenal, our final game of the game week. Everton against Arsenal. Everton have been quite shambolic, so normally I would expect Arsenal to use Everton as a bounce back, as a as a stepping stone to step up again and put it and stick it up there from where from to pick it up from where they left off. I think that's how I put it. But let me talk to me. Arsenal will win. Arsenal will win. After losing to United, they will feel outdone by that loss. Arsenal will win. And Everton exactly. themselves, Everton have just been my God, Jesus Christ. I don't understand that. They've been quite disappointing. Even on, um, okay, for those who don't know, I work with um, the school radio as well. And even on the radio, I said the same thing, that Everton have not been anywhere near their best. I mean, Rafa Benitez, even Rafa Benitez even mentioned it in his last presser before, in their last match, if I'm not mistaken, that would be against, um, against, against Liverpool. He said, these guys have spent a lot of money, but 
they have not spent it so wisely. That was like what he was trying to. What was he was trying to? He was trying to shoot what, at. Like, what he, what he trying to spend it so wisely. He's you trying see? to say that the players in that team that are not supposed to be there. And to be very for honest, me, for, for me, me, I think he's saying rubbish. I think okay. he's saying absolute rubbish. Now, he came into the team at the start of the season. They seemed to be like a team in form. Then they picked injuries. They picked injuries to Richarlison and um, DCL. Dominic Avalon. Even Dokore Alan have not have not been back to top there. I mean, Dokore was was brought back from injury and straight up was starting against Liverpool. What what is his job as a manager? His job as a manager is to get best out of the squad he has at his disposal. So he all this talk about I think he's trying his best on that on that he's edge not actually. Trying, not trying his best because I've seen I've seen some Everton games. Everton have been they are poor. The thing is Everton eh that blame him for for the whole scene. Okay, accepted. Yes, he's supposed to take charge of the whole team and everything, but. You can't exactly just outrightly say he's the one responsible for all their losses or all their bad performances this season. The thing is, Adam, uh, the way football works, which I'm sure you're aware of, a manager is as good as his last game. Now, everything this season, for everything that happens to a club, whether they win, they lose, everything falls at manager's table. Everything have been poor this season. Rafa Benitez hasn't done a good job and you should please not give me the talk of they've not spent wisely, blah, blah, blah. No, that, no, no, no. Don't give me that talk. <laughs> Don't even give me that because it seems like I don't know. It seems like after the loss of DCL, it just mm. seemed to change his plans. Where all his, he felt like all he had was a plan A of okay, this year will be the target man, launch it for this year. This year, hold up the ball, bring the likes of Richarlison and Maria Gray into play, then let's see what happens from there. Then, when this year went up, they, they started relying on counter attacks, the pace of Gray and Townsend, and, and Townsend, so on. exactly. Yes, now, now it's it's not working. What is his job as a manager? Switch things up. Switch things up. He's not doing well for himself. So he should not please. He should spare me that talk of. Uh, I think um, I think that right now probably have changed from. Boys, to let's just try not to relegate. <laughs> that's it. That's honestly. No, of course their targets have changed. Are they still looking at? Because I'm sure they can't you know, it up to the big boys at this point. They have. You know, Thomas, they should be 13th or 14th on the league table right now. I don't know, but I know they are definitely below me table. The thing is, you know, when Everton started the season, they started they started with lofty ambitions because oh, they've brought in Benitez. Benitez won the Champions League at Liverpool. Benitez coach Real Madrid and all this talk and all this talk. Okay, now so they were looking at okay, let's see if we could break that top six. Let's break top six. But now, eh, see if they finish mid table, they should even be thankful. All right then. All right. On that note, we have come to the end of the Premier League segment, Premier League analysis. But let me let's take let's give them another chance to take a breather. And when we get back, it is time for the pre- European football. The UEFA. We will be back in a few. We will be back shortly. Welcome back. This is still Tesha Sawcast. Adam is still on the wheel as well. Alumi is my co-driver. So let's get this done. Welcome around to prestigious European football, the UEFA Champions League. But before we go into the UEFA Champions League, I just realized I missed a very, very big slice of footballing news all through the all through the first two segments. And I have to mention it right now. But Alumi, Lionel Messi. Oh. 
How yeah. dare we forget king? How dare we forget the goats? Oh, yeah, Messi claimed his seventh ball during the week as on Monday night. Each well, a lot of controversy has climbed down one, and I think I'm also on the controversial plate. I'm eating from the controversial plate, but well, it has happened, it has happened. Clearly, I think we have we have we have decided who our goat is. Well, but well, how was that one going? Well, Messi has won, eighters can eat, wheelers can wait. <laughs> Tomatoes can potatoes can put it. Messi has a seventh ballon d'or. It's not easy. All of them will come out and say blah blah blah. Another person deserved it. I'm not going to mention the other person. Now the funny uh, thing is, the other person who deserved it has moved on and is moving ahead. And then we're having people from other 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 canopies, other umbrellas coming out and take and adopting up to daytime lawyer jobs. Are you, I don't are, are you speaking to the Factos party? <laughs> Factos. Factos party coverage? Let's go into the IFA Champions League proper this time around. It's Before we even start with the analysis and everything, before we have the fixtures, let me tell you that Robert Lewandowski and um, Sebastian Haller are on top of Ustara's list with nine goals. With joint, joint nine goals, Christopher Nkoko is second with seven goals. Cristiano Ronaldo and Mohamed Salah are third. Their names on assists. We can tell you, I can tell you that Bruno Fernandez is on top of that one with five assists. Larry Sane and Anthony of Ajax is second, are second with four assists to their name. Then on the clean sheets race, it's Edward Mendy on top with four assists. Thibaut Courtois, Manon Noya, Mark Andre Testen, and Vlako Di of um with three assists. To, with three, three clinches, pardon. With three clinches to their name, exactly. Well, fixtures to come down on Tuesday evening, six forty-five p.m. Our early kickoffs on Tuesday. PSG against Club Brugge at six forty-five p.m. RB Leipzig against Manchester City also at six forty-five p.m. Then our late fixtures on Tuesday night is Madrid against Inter Milan, AC Milan against Liverpool, Porto against Atletico Madrid, Borussia Dortmund against Besiktas, Ajax against Sporting. Sheriff against Shakhtar Donetsk. Then, this is probably the one where everybody wants to put in their mouth and actually speak upon. But early kickoff on, on, on Wednesday is Zenit St. Petersburg against Chelsea, Juventus against Malmo. That's our two early kickoffs on Wednesday evening, 6 45 pm. Then, our late kickoffs 9 pm evening, United Manchester United against Young Boys, Atalanta against Villarreal, RB South. Benfica against Dynamo Kiev, Wolfsburg against LOSC Lille, and finally, the one everybody wants to talk about, the one that me is so excited about already, and I can feel this excitement from here. Bayern Munich. Let me complete it for me. Bayern Munich against Barcelona. Oh, yes. FCB. FCB against FCB. Mm-hmm. But, but, but one, FCB, one FCB should be written in capital letter. Then the FCB oh, you support should be written in small letter. <laughs> All right, let's come back to Tuesday. Let's come back to Tuesday quickly. It looks like at the moment, as it stands in Group A, Manchester City have won the group already with 12 points at the moment. And it looks like even if they win or draw or lose, no matter what happens, they have also made it to the round of 16. Now, the problem is teams beneath them, RB Leipzig and Club Brugge, are looking for a way to make it to the Europa League. Both of them are on four points, but the goal difference between both of them is also quite enormous. 
RB Leipzig have a zero for goal difference. Club Brugge on the other Fortunately for them, I've considered a very, very, very large amount of minus 11. Follow me. Now, these teams don't play against each other, so it won't be everything on the line. It will be everything on the line, but not against. It's going to be PSG against Club Brugge, which means Club Brugge have to pray and hope they, they pull a miracle out of Paris Saint Germain like they did in the first leg. Maybe do. Then RB Leipzig against Manchester City. They would not want to slip up against Manchester City and give Club Brugge a sense of qualification. But under normal circumstances, we expect both these teams to lose against their opponents. So how do you see this one going? Especially for that Europa League position at the moment. Especially for that Europa League position because we already see City and Paris already going through to the next round. For I, The thing is, I think the table will just be as it is presently. Mm. Because I see Man City winning and I see PSG winning. So now... Exactly. It means that, of course, Leipzig would... I think Leipzig are bottom now. Oh, no, no, no. Yes. Leipzig are no, no, no. third. Club Brugge are bottom, Leipzig are third, exactly. Yeah, so Leipzig would just go to the Europa League. The thing is, Leipzig have, have to do nothing. PSG would sort out their issues for them. They have to do they nothing. Might not, so PSG might not be the most reliable team to actually yes, yes, of course, PSG are not the most reliable. But I feel like, you know, the thing is, PSG also know that for them to have a chance to finish first, they have to win. They can't finish first, unfortunately, for them. Must have put the line between the both of them already, so they can't finish first. Yes, so but at least you know, just for the sake of respect, I yeah, expect well, that to win. All right, then let's go into other group game, other other big fixtures, other mouth-watering encounters. Real Madrid did it against Inter Milan. This game normally should be a dead rubber because both of them are qualified already, but at the same time. Maybe for the sake of pride and considering what happened in the first leg, a one a last minute win for Real Madrid. I think it was Rodrigo, if I'm not mistaken, that got the goal of Benzema. It was Rodrigo. Rodrigo, thank you very much. So for that for that reason, maybe Inter Milan are coming with that fire and actually want to get something in, in it for themselves. But how do you see this one going? Real Madrid win. Real Madrid win. Real Madrid are presently like very, very solid. Like they are low-key solid and doing very well. Exactly. Vinicius Jr. has been has been spectacular. I have to mention that. Yes, they are not the team playing the most um pretty pretty football, but then they are grinding out results. They are doing the job. Exactly. Well, Real Madrid win. Palumi says, as for me, I just want the best for Lautaro Martinez and Edin Dzeko. So, and because I'm trying to be sentimental this morning, so yes, I think I'll say Inter Milan might actually get something out of it. Well, of let's course, go into a game. Let's go, let's, go, let's go into oh come on. I just I just I just like I just like Edin Dzeko. I like the sound of Edin Dzeko and Lautaro Martinez getting a win over Real Madrid. That's just it. Well, in AC Milan against Liverpool, Porto against Atletico Madrid. This group is still wide open for anybody to still make it through as a second team, as a second place team. I mean, for example, we know that Liverpool have qualified already, 15 points to their name already, no, no draws, no losses. They kind of swept all their but on the other hand, Porto have five points, AC Milan have four points, Atletico Madrid have four points. So it's more or less everything on the line. Unfortunately for AC Milan, they have the hardest job to do because they are playing against a Liverpool team who don't care if you are if they are qualified already, and they really don't they really don't seem to just give a damn. Let's put it that way. So they can still actually come at you and actually take it away from you. But on that note, let's see. What do you see? Do you see Milan still making it through to the round of sixteen? Do you think Atletico Madrid can pull a ma- they, they can pull a magic trick, or do you see 
maybe Porto holding on to the second place at the stands right now. Ah, that group is like real tough. Now, a sentimental part of me, of course, wants Milan to go through. When the draws were made, the sentimental part mm. of me wanted Milan and Atletico to go through. Of course, I don't want mm. Liverpool to go through. But now Liverpool have gone mm. through. It it's now it now boils down to Milan, Porto, and um, Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid. Terrible in the Champions League. It looks like they started finding their feet in the second part of the season, in the second part of the group stage, actually. I mean, from the draw against, from the draw against, from the win against Atletico and the draw against Porto. Now, something that actually makes me think Milan will go through. Milan may just find the way, just find the way, just find the way to defeat Liverpool and then. Mm. And then um, Madrid will actually defeat Porto. And then but Milan will still go through by the virtue of better head-to-head. Well, Milan might go through on the virtue of better head-to-head. On that note, let me also tell you, Palumi, your boys, they started very, very well. They had a blistering start to the Champions League, but they are going to the Europa League at the end of the day. Moldovan champions, UEFA Champions League debutants, Sheriff Tiraspol, they are six points. Shaka Donetsk have just one point. So congratulations to Sheriff. They are going to the Europa League, which is actually... Not so bad for a team just coming for the first time. Well, on that note, Europa League for Sheriff is is admirable. Exactly. The people that they were paired with. We have Real Madrid, 13 times European um, champions. We have Inter. Inter have won the Champions League before. We have Shakhtar Dunez. Shakhtar Dunez are regular face in the Champions League. They come every year. So, of course, of course, for them finishing third, that's admirable. That's very, very admirable, I have to confess. Let's go into Wednesday. Wednesday, we have also something on the line. In fact, everything on the line. Let's put it that way. Manchester United still top of the group. Young boys look like they are going home. Atalanta against Villarreal is, is where our eyes want to be. These two teams have equal number of points, and they are looking... One, one of them can make it through to the final 16 alongside Manchester United. I want Atalanta to go through. But because I support the Spanish team, you just can't help but say, okay, just maybe Villarreal and also do it. But at the same time, personally, in fact, as a matter of fact, Duval Zapata is in red hot form right now. I mean, that man is on fire. Seven goals. In, okay, before pre, prior to their last game where he didn't score against Venezia, it was seven goals and seven for that man. So, Palumi, Atalanta against Villarreal, talk to me. Uh, I don't know. I see a draw, actually. If he goes in a draw, that means Atalanta would go through. Yeah, I know. Well, Atalanta. Atalanta. You know, Emery is the king of um, Europa League. He should go to Europa wow. League. So he should go to Europa League and maybe disturb the place again. Yeah. All right, then. Sevilla is also, a night, is also going to keep your eyes on. Chelsea and Juventus are qualified, but for the sake of pride and group winners, one of them, both of them are still looking to actually stick their as group winners in that group. So against Zenit, Juventus against Malmo, so we might actually win that group. But now let's talk about the big one, the one everybody wants to talk about. The one, Malumi, I know you have been salivating to talk about, and our final discussion points on this episode of Tetra Soccer to, on, on this episode of Tetra Soccer today. Bayern Munich against Barcelona, 9 p.m. on Wednesday. Malumi, how yeah, sorry, I, I didn't seem to catch that. What did you say? I said we are talking about the biggest talking points, our final talking points, Bayern Munich against Barcelona. Bayern Munich win now. That's like that's no in doubt. Now, 
I don't just when. now I don't just know whether we are going looking at four or five goals from Bayern because Bayern are going okay. to win and then they are going to trash Barca. Especially Barcelona. After, after this, um, after this, um, Lewandowski Ballon d'Or snow. I'm sure you've seen mm. the statement from Muller. Yeah, those guys, they are <laughs> they are ready to actually fire. That's the thing. Lewandowski, I, if I'm not, if I think I'm not sure it was Lewandowski or Muller that said we need to show the world that there's football in Germany and we are going to start that from our next Champions League match against FC Barcelona, which means. Bayern Munich are going to war. Although they have won the group, they have qualified already, but they are still going to war. To be honest, eh, I think eh, by the time that game is done, Barca will be happy for even the 8-2 that happened the mm. last time. No, I don't think it's that bad, actually. I don't think it's that bad. I think, I think we're looking at about maybe a 3-1 or a 4-1 scoreline, if you ask me. Uh, 4-1. Barca ain't scoring in that game. You'd be surprised. Uh, I see. I think so. But the problem is, if Barca lose that game, they also have to pray that Sevilla, that Benfica lose or draw against Dynamo Kiev. And Benfica against Dynamo Kiev was a one-one draw, which means if it goes that way, Barcelona still make it through the round of six, through to the round of sixteen. But if Benfica win and Barcelona lose, Barcelona are going to be, we'll call it the Great White Fall, the, the Giants Fall. They are going I, to the Europa League for the first time ever. Like for the first time mm. ever, I just think Barca are going to the Europa League. It's all on the line for them. It's all on the line. It's all on the line for them. They have to put it. They have to put in the work. They have to do something. But they, yes, they for they those of you who don't, know, for some weird reasons, tingling feeling. Pardon me, I know you are going to insult me for this one. But for a very, very, very weird reason, I think Barcelona might take something out of it. I have that tingling oh. feeling in the back of my spine that thinks. Just maybe. Yes, you can say yes. It's the sentimental part of me. It's that Barcelona fan in me talking. But yes, I have that tingling feeling that that yeah. confidence that has yeah. in at the moment just might yeah. not manifest. Guy, what you are saying is as a result of smoking Cameroon pepper. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. Because even weed like this, we do not make you say this rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us this far. It's always a pleasure to be here. I have missed you guys. I have missed doing this, and it's always, it's been fun so far. But let me thank you very much for joining me. We hope to have a full house next time around. But on that LM7. note, until then, have a wonderful game. You said what? LM7. 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 All right. On that note, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Champions League. And we will be back to tell you everything that happened next weekend. Have a lovely game week ahead.